Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, happy Friday and thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on the 18th of August. World Cup fever has hit Kent as we get ready for England's women to take on Spain in the final this weekend. Venues across the county will be showing the game, but some pubs are worried they won't be able to open in time. A lot of them start welcoming customers at midday on a Sunday, but kickoffs at 11am. The government's urging councils to do everything in their power to let places open early, but local authorities say they needed to have applied a week ago for an extension to their normal opening hours. Phil Thorley is from Thorley Taverns, which runs 18 pubs across Thanet. It's earlier than some of our sites would be opening, to be perfectly honest. Normally we're a, we're a standard 12 o'clock open. Uh, but when tournaments are around the world, we're used to showing them early morning, late at night. In fact, when England won the, the Rugby World Cup, it was a 7.30am kickoff, if you remember, when uh, when we played Australia and Johnny Wilkinson dropped the goal. Uh, and we had tremendous excitement going back then, nearly 20 years ago. Uh, and we are hoping for a similar result for England on Sunday. Yeah, fingers crossed for the Lionesses and they can they can bring it home. Um, I know some pubs have struggled with licensing issues, maybe the ones that aren't due to open till 12 but want to show the match. I mean, how frustrating must that be for the, the people who run them? Oh, it must be dreadfully frustrating. Well, on all of our licences, we can open from 7am. So all of our places are licensed and we haven't had to jump through the hoops last thing. Um, always difficult when knockout competitions because you never know exactly what's going to happen. And, and, and you know, some people wouldn't have even imagined that we'd have gone this far, to be perfectly honest, let alone thinking about getting their licensing in order. Uh, but for ourselves, we're very fortunate that, that our licensing is in order uh, and, and we're going to be open. And, and some of the places are going to be cooking breakfast and getting people ready with bacon rolls. Uh, before the before the football gets kicked off. Uh, and, and I've got to say, all the team are really excited about it. Our company's been going for 50 years and so our licensing has been in place for a long time and therefore we, we sort of did it to cover all eventualities such as this, if you know what I mean. If you're fairly new to the game, you you don't necessarily anticipate wanting to open early on a Sunday or open early for uh, sporting events that occur elsewhere around the world. What would I say to local councils? Come on, guys, pull your socks up. Let's get the pubs open. Let people come and have some fun. Uh, You know, after this dismal July and the beginning of August with the weather, we need something to smile about. So let's, let's open the pubs early. Let's get the people in. Let's have some fun and let's come on England. The game will be shown on big screens at other venues in the county. We'll be paying particularly close attention to Maidstone's Alessia Russo, who scored in the semi-final against Australia earlier this week. Kelly Robinson is the Women's Development Manager at Chatham Town Football Club, where fans will gather to watch on Sunday. We've got TVs at every point of the room, so everyone can be able to obviously get a glimpse. All the girls' youth teams are going to be there. We've even got some of the boys' youth teams, because obviously we, it's also all about being diverse and everyone watching. Just We're just supporting England, so it's absolutely intense and crazy. It's brilliant. I mean, if they didn't show us two years ago in the Euros what they're made of, I think obviously Sunday they'll show us exactly what they're made of. Look at what she did in the Euros. I think her name was all over Twitter, social media for absolute ages. And obviously she come from Beersted. And I know that obviously they've got a really good girls team there. So it's, it's really good because if you ask any of our youth girls, they say Alessia Russo because of coming from Kent. It just shows them that they can do it. And anything is possible if you put your mind to it. And it's it's like a role model for those girls. 
it really is a, that she's just a role model. And if she can inspire another 100, 200 people from Kent, then we take our, our hat off to her. The last two years, the increase has been phenomenal. So I think Chatham Town have now got six youth teams, um, girls' youth teams, but we do have girls playing with, obviously, our other youth teams. So it's just been intense. I mean, our trials we had for our teams that we've just, obviously, got coming on this season, they was just so oversubscribed. There is not enough girls' teams out there to facilitate the girls that want to play. So this Sunday, Chatham Town are showing the game live from 11. It is going to be absolutely crazy. There is white and red absolutely everywhere. The buzz is going to be intense. But we also have our Chatham Town women playing just after the game. It's a 2.30 kickoff. So don't just watch it on the TV. Come and actually watch the women play. And it could be you one day. You've literally got the platform at Chatham Town to be able to do that. You can also go and watch at Dreamland in Margate. Tina Harvey is the manager of the theme park. Well, we're going to be showing the Women's World Cup final um, on our giant scenic stage. We'll be opening the gates at 10.30 and, and kick-offs at 11. And it's absolutely free to enter. There's no need to book at all. There's plenty of seating. Uh, we have deck chairs, but families are more than welcome to bring rugs if they want to sit on the AstroTurf. All of our rides will be open, operational as normal, as will our food and beverage um, concessions will also be open. And, you know, we would encourage people to stay stay for the day if they want to and um, enjoy the rides. We did show the semi-final on Wednesday and it was such a great atmosphere and it really pulls us all together. We'll all be cheering England on. Excitement's building out in Australia as well, with some fans booking flights to Sydney after the Lionesses' semi-final victory. Sam is from Kent and was already there on holiday. There's an incredible atmosphere here in Australia. Everyone's got World Cup fever. It's on everywhere. There's fan parks. There's It's on at all the pubs. Um, everywhere you go, there's signs and flags and people singing. It's really, really uh, massive. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, there's going to be one or two rounds of Sweet Caroline this Sunday, though. I think it's coming home. We're going to do it. And uh, come on, England. I was at the Columbia game. Um, there, were, there was plenty of support for the women's team. I think it was 75,000 people there. It was an amazing atmosphere. I think we're looking really good. Alessia Russo... Scored a great goal that night. She's on top form. She scored again against the Aussies. I just think I've got a really good feeling about this team and I just, I can't wait for the big game on Sunday. We'll be keeping our fingers crossed for England and hope you enjoy the game wherever you're watching it. Kent Online reports. A pedestrian's died after being hit by a car on the A26 near Tunbridge Wells. The man in his 50s was pronounced dead at the scene of the collision on London Road in Southborough yesterday. He was knocked down by a silver Mercedes. The driver was taken to hospital with minor injuries. Elsewhere, it's emerged a musician from Canterbury who went missing for months before turning up dead had walked out of a hospital while waiting for a mental health referral. The body of 31-year-old Daniel Veens was found on a beach in France, 50 miles away from where he disappeared in Margate in August 2021. An inquest has heard he was left without proper supervision for 22 hours. Bosses at the QEQM say reviews being carried out and improvements made. Another sad story, a man in his 80s has died after a car crashed into a building in Sandwich. It happened on Upper Strand Street yesterday afternoon. Another person who was also in the vehicle when it happened was injured. 
As the cost of living crisis continues, Kent Online's been hearing about the importance of youth clubs for teenagers in the county. Some parents might have struggled to find activities to fill the summer holidays, so a boxing club in Gravesend has decided to put on free sessions. Rebecca Donnelly is a coach and founder of the Fight for Change Foundation. We looked at the opportunities that were available and what was needed throughout the summer and we decided that we wanted to continue with some evening sessions for young people. Normally club closed down in the summer I know a lot of parents look for um, daytime activities a lot of that there's not much for them to continue with the evening stuff so I think it's still hard to keep young people occupied within those times in the evening so we're running two evenings a week uh, for young people in the uh, the Gravesham area there's a good vibe uh, it's mixed abilities as well uh, we've got some of the people that go already that wanted to continue as in the regular club sessions and it's also open to to new people as well uh, they learn the basic stances guard uh, there's lots of group drills lots of games to do within it uh, they get uh, they're all the equipment's there so they get the gloves uh, we're not asking for anyone to bring anything uh, because we know that affordability uh, is key element to engaging young people as well the cost of living has affected so many people that just to have something, an engagement session where young people can go to that is free, that you know they're going to be occupied for an hour or two hours. Uh, and the benefit is being boxing, that it's gonna you're going to learn the key skills, you're going to learn resilience, self-defence, discipline at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's really good. I think when you're in a, any sort of club setting and any sort of sports setting, it's a way of engaging with like-minded uh, young people. So if you're not in any focused activity, you may be hanging around the streets. What you've also got, you've got the transition, haven't you, between primary school and secondary school. Uh, so we know the first couple of years we've been uh, sort of like primary, um, secondary school quite influential. So it depends who you're hanging around. You're trying to uh, forge your own identity in a way. Uh, trying to become your own person Um, so to have something constructive to do is a key thing and important but also have them older role models that will be at the gym as well which you can look up to and you want to be like them and you don't want to be like other people that may be getting into bad habits and hanging around and doing activities they shouldn't be doing. I think structure is very important and a, a safe place so uh, taking away the boxing, the boxing is one element of it, but it is actually a place where you can just go, uh, have fun, be safe. And you've got someone to talk to. Not every child that we have has, a, has the best start in life and the most supportive family. Uh, families have issues of their own within cost of living. There, there may be other underlying issues in the family. So that young person's only sanctuary and only safe place sometimes is that gym where they're getting that support and and people may look at it in the simplest terms as just boxing but it encompasses so much more uh than just the boxing it, it really does um take forward mentoring resilience determination discipline she says there needs to be more support for youth centers and clubs across kent kent online news there are calls for further investigation into the death of a dad whose body was found in a flat in chatham an inquest has heard 38 year old Peter Dillon had heart disease and a potentially fatal level of amphetamine in his liver. His family say they have unanswered questions, but police insist there was no third-party involvement. 
Wildlife groups have raised concerns about plans for 400 extra homes at a controversial new village estate. More than 1,700 properties are already due to be built at Winterbourne Fields between Canterbury and Faversham. The development would also include shops, a primary school and GP surgery. Kent Wildlife Trust is concerned about the impact it could have on neighbouring woodland. A watchdog has taken steps to protect people at a Kent clinic after highlighting concerns about its services. The Care Quality Commission found Dashwood Medical Centre in Ramsgate didn't provide effective treatment and didn't keep people safe. A previous inspection last year saw it rated inadequate. An Aldi in Hearn Bay has divided opinion after revealing it's going to shut for almost a week to make half of its tills self-service. The Kings Road store will close its doors on September 15th for six days while the building is decked out with the new machines. Our reporter Millie Bowles has been finding out what shoppers think. What's your opinion on moving to mostly self-service checkouts? I don't agree with it really. If it was half and half... That might be okay. Well, will you use the self-service checkouts? Only if I have to. And obviously it's going to be closing for two weeks. Will that cause quite a few problems for you? Yeah, because the only other shop here is that one. Yeah. And that is much more expensive than this one. Would you rather, you'd rather be served at a man checkout rather than scan your own um, shopping? I don't mind a mixture of the two, but when it goes to nearly all of them, or maybe all of them, then I'm not so keen. My concerns would be the fact that there will be potential job losses, and I think that's a pity because people make a lot of difference, and they're very pleasant here, and it's it's a nice experience. Why do you need to change it? Yeah. And you, you're happy with the way it is with all man checkouts? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't do any job after all. I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah, yeah, so you'd rather see it stay the way it is than have Leave self-service. Leave it as it is. There's nothing wrong with it. Will you use the self-service checkouts once they've been put in? Probably not. I pay with cash, yeah. so I would hope their machines will have a cash, which they probably won't. But I must admit, most people in Hernby are pretty polite, and if you've got two items or whatever, they'll let you go in front. Mm. But I, I think, listen, man, it's going with the times, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it'll, it'll free up people to do other things in the shop, like when you need to find something, excuse me, there's no one around. You've only got a couple of items, you've not got to get on long queues. So yes, I'm fine with that. And will you be using them when they're put in? Yeah, if I've only got a few items. I'm not a shopping for the not in the trolley, a shopping lot. So um, yes. For a few items, it'll be fine. Aldi say they've had positive feedback and the changes will improve customer experience. Kent Online reports. Student midwives at Canterbury Christchurch University could be taken on by one in Surrey after their course was axed. Its accreditation was cancelled in May and they might have to complete an extra 18 months of studying at an adopted uni. Students say they've been offered compensation but that it doesn't make up for the loss of earnings that they would have had. Residents in Maidstone have been left angry at plans to build a block of flats on a narrow plot of land between two homes. An application's been put forward for five homes on Cornwall Close in Shepway, but access would have to be through another road as it'll be too narrow. Residents are concerned about wildlife on the land, bin collection and a lack of parking. 
Some more positive news now, and Tracy Emin has bought a derelict seafront building with plans to convert it into a swimming pool and restaurant. The price hasn't been revealed, but Westbrook Bay Pavilion had previously been listed for £1 million. The artist, who grew up nearby in Margate, says she wants everyone to be able to enjoy it and be proud of it. And a Kent Disney fan has crocheted a miniature version of the house from Up. Sarah Simpson spent about a week making it and has put it on top of a post box in Kings Hill. You can see pictures in the story on the website. Kent Online News. Now we've got a roundup of some of the events taking place in Kent this weekend. First up, it's Medway Pride. Celebrations have been happening all week, but the parade is being held tomorrow at Rochester Castle. It's giving the LGBTQ plus community a chance to embrace diversity. Organiser Hilary Cook's been telling us more. So far this week, we've been having some workshops where people could make badges and put items together for for, for like their costumes for... Uh, the Pride Week. Um, there's been some uh, talks with panels about uh, the issues around uh, being members of the LGBTQI plus communities. And um, and there's also been some entertainment events. And, and as we progress through tomorrow and the weekend, there'll be more entertainment events. Uh, and these are all happening under the hospices of Medway Pride Fringe events, as we have a week of events surrounding the Pride, uh, the Pride main festival events, which takes place at Rochester Castle. So Saturday, we will be having a parade through Rochester High Street. Uh, that starts about 10, 10.30. And uh, and that will lead into the castle where we will be hosting a festival uh, with nine acts on stage, uh, which will run from 12 right away through till 8pm in the evening. And then there'll be parties to go to after that. We've, we've got uh, a few people coming along who people might be aware of uh, and some people who they might not be aware of. But uh, headlining, we've got Sam Bailey, who uh, was obviously uh, won, won the X Factor some couple of years back. That's going to be a fantastic uh, show. We've got um, uh, also uh, Tara McDonald, who uh, is a Rochester resident. And uh, they're, they're absolute star on the dance scene, worked right across the world. And with uh, and with Strictly as well, uh, Strictly come dancing, and uh, and also we have Jamie Johnson from uh, another connection with Medway from Gillingham, who was on the Voice. At the other end of the county, the Red Arrows will be performing at an annual seafront air display. Eight Hawk jets are going to fly over Folkestone on Sunday, and thousands of people are expected to attend. Tim Prater is deputy leader of Folkestone and Hythe District Council. It's going to be a great show. It's uh, the main air show. A display is on the Sunday and there will be food and music along the Lees, both on the Saturday and the Sunday. But the uh, actual air displays are on the Sunday itself. So at one twenty-five on the Sunday, the Battle of Britain flight will go over, which uh, includes Spitfires, Hurricanes, Lancaster and Dakota. At 2.20 is the all-important uh, Red Arrows. 
At quarter past three, we have the stamp display team, who are a formation of open cockpit uh, biplanes, uh, which fly at speeds of 130 miles an hour. At ten past four, there's another biplane display with the pits special. And at five o'clock, the display ends with the RAF Typhoon um, going through its paces. And the RAF have warned us uh, to tell people that that will be loud. And when the RAF tell you that something is going to be loud, I'm passing that on. Best places to see it are going to be from the Upper Lees, near the Lees Cliff Hall, and also uh, down on Folkestone Harbour. Uh, my personal favourites, though, are along the beaches at the front on the Lower Lees Park. So the uh, Mermaid Beach is a great place to watch it. Obviously, if residents are, are coming along and want to come to the centre, the easiest way for them to do so is going to be to walk or catch a bus in because the car parks are going to be very busy. But we have also opened some temporary car parks, which will be at Radnor Park and also the Folkestone School for Girls. So those temporary car parks will be available on the Sunday. They'll be open from 10 till half past six and will cost £5 to park. There's plenty more going on in other parts of Kent. Here's our What's On editor, Sam Laurie. Another great idea for the family, especially those with an interest in history, this weekend is to head down to Open Faversham. The town is putting on a number of events, talks, workshops and tours to show off its medieval history until Sunday, and many of them are free to join on the day. There are arts and crafts for the younger children, while older family members might enjoy finding out all about the market town's fascinating heritage from history experts. And when it comes to music, we've got another busy weekend lined up for you. Hip-hop fans will want to set up camp at Margate's Dreamland over the next couple of days as there are two huge artists set to perform there. Wu-Tang Clang rapper GZA will be playing at Dreamland's indoor venue tonight, while grime pioneer Dizzy Rascal will perform a headline set on the outdoor scenic stage on Saturday night. A limited number of tickets are still available for both shows, but be quick to make sure you snap up the last few. And finally, if you're a theatre fan, then you'll want to book tickets to two great shows that are both opening on Tuesday next week. Willie Russell's phenomenal Blood Brothers will be at the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury, while the 1950s rock and roll sensation Buddy, the Buddy Holly story, will be at the Churchill Theatre in Bromley, and both will be running until Saturday, so you've got enough time to catch them both. That's just about it for this week. Hopefully there's plenty for the whole family to do there. And make sure you listen again next week for even more things to see and do in Kent. Thanks, Sam. Kent Online Sport. Cricket and Kent have suffered an agonising defeat to Nottinghamshire in the one-day cup. The Spitfires scored 259 runs at Canterbury, but the Notts Outlaws beat it with only one ball to spare. It may have damaged Kent's chances of getting into the knockout stages of the competition. The next match is at home to Essex on Sunday. And in football, Gillingham are looking to make it four wins out of four in League Two this weekend. Tuesday's victory over Sutton United has left the Jills top of the table. Tomorrow they take on Crawley Town, who've also not lost so far this season. The club's media rep Phil Catterick's been chatting to defender Che Alexander. You go into every season hoping or wanting to win every game to start with, but to win through in advance and have three clean sheets as well, it's, it's perfect. Does it feel like that momentum from the back end of last season has, has carried on? Yeah, I think at the back end of last season when we we done the interviews and we all kind of said that we need to take it into this year and thankfully we have done that. Um, as you said, it showed in performances um, but it's a start. Um, we're three games in. We've got many more games to come and we've just got to keep doing what we're doing and, and continue. Is that the message coming from the manager? You know, Trying to keep a lid on expectations a little bit? Yeah, I think 
at this time you can't even look at the league table and, and stuff like that it's literally just coming in every day working hard and winning the next game that's that's the main um, goal for us and I think that will always be the goal throughout the season um, even at the back end of the season you don't look at the table until right at the end and hopefully when we look at it we're sitting where we are right now kick off tomorrow's at three that's all from us today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on facebook twitter instagram tiktok and threads you can also get details on the top stories directed to your email each morning via the briefing to sign up just head to kentonline.co.uk news you can trust this is the kent online podcast